Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hey friends and adventurers, uh, this is Tom, or Robots, at the beginning of the show before we actually get into it. And I just wanted to put this out there at the beginning. Um, big thank you to Lotus of Doom for heading up this episode for me. Uh, when we were recording this, uh, when we went live, I was actually coming down with a, a serious migraine and I had to step away. So uh, I was able to pop in and kind of say hi to the patrons, but I wasn't able to stay for the episode. So I, I feel bad, but I didn't want to have to change the date on anyone because everybody was ready to go with the live episodes. So, uh, so, you know, I, I let, I went ahead and let them talk. They have a wonderful conversation and Lotus did a, uh, a great job of uh, adjusting and running the show for me. So thank you so much, Lotus. And thank you for pa- the patrons for being, um, flexible and understanding. Sometimes these things come up and there's not a whole lot I can do about it, but I look forward to talking with you guys again next month and um, look forward to being back to you know a regular episode next week with Lotus. So enjoy the episode, and I will see you guys next time. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Welcome, everybody, to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I have seized control, um, and now we are all at my whim. I am Lotus of Doom, um, filling in for Tom this evening on our Patreon episode, as Tom is a little under the weather. So we're going to just chat kind of without him this time. Hopefully he feels better for, you know, the next show. But in the meantime, since it conveniently falls on a week where there's a whole bunch of us here, uh, we can kind of just do a show and not have to skip so with us so far and we may actually have a few more people joining depending upon everybody's schedules um so i guess i'll just go based on my camera direction (laughs) uh starting with kung fu kangaroo how are you and uh how are things uh i'm doing great i'm not sure if uh regular listeners of this show have heard but we've started a mass effect lore cast Tom and I are putting that together. It's been a blast. I've been streaming a new uh, playthrough of Mass Effect, and I'm looking for a new job in Portland, Oregon. So I got a lot going on. Exciting stuff. And then to my side, we have, is it Siberia? I actually have not gotten to meet and chat with you yet. So introduce yourself, everybody and me. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I'm 19, and I actually live in Sweden. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so the clock is like, yeah, it's it's two o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, so you're... <laughs> yeah, that, that was why I missed last month's episode, because I, I just fell asleep. I totally understand that. My So from the other show that I'm part of with Tales of Tamriel, um, our lead host, uh, Arkaneer, 
is in Turkey and he's eight hours ahead. So he stays up to all sorts of ungodly times so that we can record late for us and early for him. Cause it's like the only midpoint we have where it's like, well, eight hours of difference. Like that's an entire sleep schedule, like essentially. So we usually try to start at 11 PM so that like a two or three hour show, it's like, okay, I'm up late and it's like eight in the morning for him. <laughs> so he's like just waking up. So appreciate you being here this is that is time zones are rough <laughs> yeah thankfully i have a day off tomorrow so i Ooh. can sleep in a bit well that's pretty sweet at least and i'm actually not sure your videos are all right sea chaser how are you welcome back um, i'm good how are you doing uh, i'm very well uh this will be an interesting experience as Usually when I run these things, it's a little more in a method that I'm used to. So this is a learning experience here for me. <laughs> um, all right. So what we will do is the chat we're going to go with tonight is let's see. How are we going to do this? Oh, perfect. And actually, Tom put that in chat for podcast. I was going to try to do that for you <laughs> while I was going to throw a question at you and he's already got it. Uh, you're supposed to be resting, Tom. Um, so anyways, um, let us start our discussion this evening with your experience in previous Elder Scrolls games, kind of discussing that it was a little bit different from all of our perspectives. So it mostly I'm going to assume be previous experiences, but you can also do something you're playing now. Um, any reference points to the different games you have, it doesn't really matter specifically, you know, which ones they are or how much experience you have with them, but it's like kind of just which games got you into the series and which ones, I guess, I mean, I've got a couple situations where I'm not the biggest fan of some of them, even though it's my favorite series. I've recently become aware that a couple of them back in the day were pretty rough. So um, for the sake of ease on my part, why don't we just continue this in like my directional sense? So Kung Fu, I have a background in uh, shared experience of Morrowind, but <laughs> give us your background to start with, at least. Yeah. So uh, like you, Morrowind was the first Elder Scrolls game that I played and I played it on the original Xbox mm -hmm. and that game I was I was like so into it because it was a you know classic RPG and then there were these game breaking exploits <laughs> which you know existed <laughs> even on the original Xbox and I poured a lot of time into that um, however I think the game that I played the most out of the entire Elder Scrolls series is probably Oblivion I played Oblivion to hell and back um, across all characters and platforms, probably close to a thousand hours. Good uh, Lord. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a, lot. A, <laughs> <laughs> nice. a lot. There was a lot to do. Uh, and I, I was in seventh grade, eighth grade when that came out. So, you know, <laughs> didn't really have a lot going on besides sports and school. Yeah. <sighs> Off the top of my head, was Oblivion 2006? It was. Okay, yep. that's what that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, so 2006. So, I, yeah, all right. So, being that I've got a few years on you, yeah, I remember I, uh, I was super excited when I first saw Oblivion just because I was like, oh, my God, there is a, is a fourth one coming. And I just remember first looking at that game. The graphics are insane. Well, were insane for the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember looking at the grassy knolls and thinking, oh my God, this game is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And now I look back at it like, what the hell am I looking at? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of light bloom in it. There's so much, so much light bloom um, with the sunspots. Yeah, so very much so. To be fair, though, even... One thing that's uh, very heavily remembered from Oblivion is the potato faces. Uh, It's probably like one of the biggest things that is remembered. But at the same time, uh, one of the things I loved about that game's art style and direction was the fact that even though a lot of it is definitely dated and whatnot, it still has a different feel to it than some of the other games because it looks very similar to a watercolor painting in my opinion uh, which is ironic because there's a watercolor painting quest in the game that involves like troll fat and stuff but like then they really make it look like a watercolor painting but just it has like a very soft feel to the art style of the game which i don't find any of the other games have ever done again it's kind of unique to no in fact skyrim is almost the opposite skyrim yeah. is very jagged very it's jagged very- and hard very, dirty um <laughs> like i don't want to say monotone but w- what's the opposite of, of it's got a it's got a it's got a hard grayscale to it by comparison yeah. like yep um interesting i i did not realize that even though we're morrowind og xbox buddies that oblivion was probably the one that you've played the most that's very interesting to hear I actually didn't know that until I looked on my Steam <laughs> and then I looked on Xbox today and I uh, compared the stats. So I, I would have guessed that Morrowind would have been the most, um, but shockingly, it's not. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Siberia, how about you? What uh, What's your background with the series and where have you played through and what do you prefer slash not as an overview to start at least? Well, the first game I ever played was Skyrim. Uh, I got it as a Christmas present from uh, my grandma when I was about, what, 13? So uh, I'm born in 2001, so I'm only one year older than (laughs) Morrowind itself. Uh, (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, so Skyrim is probably the game that I play the most. Um, I mean, I've played it all... uh, yeah, for about, what, eight years now. Never really stopped playing it. Yep. Um, uh, and then about two years, uh, after two years of playing Skyrim, I figured out, oh, wait, there are more games in this series. So uh, I first I tried out Oblivion, uh, and I played that for what, about two years straight. Uh, and then just recently, I think in the last two weeks, uh, I've been playing Morrowind. So... Uh, I've been playing that for two weeks straight now. Um, so, but I think the game that I enjoy, that I've enjoyed the most, is probably Skyrim, just because uh, it was the, the first game the, in the series that I ever played. Nice. But I think Morrowind is up against it now. I mean, I've been having so much fun playing through it. Um, before I've only watched, uh, I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on Morrowind, and I always wanted to play it, but I, I never really got around to it. But uh, I recently got the new Xbox, so I decided to play it on Game Pass. I was going to say, did you get the Game Pass? That is such a yeah. great feature that they added yeah, all of it, those to Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. it's um, really great. 
So question for you then from that regard is since you've actually kind of um, you started it. I, I made a joke before the show that like most people onboarded the series with Skyrim. That was kind of the one that brought it from like this series is popular to it's nothing but memes and literally everybody knows what this game is pretty much. Um, so question going back each time as you've started with Skyrim, then went back to Oblivion and now have gone back again to Morrowind. You're playing in like reverse order. Is that tricky? Have you had any issues with that? Because I only have the situation. I, I mean, when you look in the grand scheme of things, I started with three and I've gone forward and now I've gone way backwards. And it's definitely I didn't think much of it going forward, but now going rewinding farther back past where I started, it's been a little jarring. So what's your experience with that? Yeah, that has definitely been difficult, especially with Morrowind. I mean, I have had to use the wiki a lot of times. Um, but it didn't really take too long. I mean, it's not really that big of a difference. Um, it, it, it was kind of difficult, but I, I got over it pretty quickly. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I was curious if that was going to be real rough to go back to, or if it's just kind of a learning curve thing. I've definitely found it to be a learning curve thing, but it's not insurmountable, Especially if you have interest in the series anyways. I mean, I guess if you just yeah. casually jump in, it would be like, okay, what is happening? Why don't I have quest markers? And how did I just doom the prophecy, you know, constantly? But <laughs> when you actually want to learn it, I, I could definitely see that being the case. Specifically combat, I would imagine, is probably the hardest thing. What with getting started in Morrowind, you could eventually become, you know, godly to your power. But when you can't hit a script, scrib directly in front of you, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the games have gotten a, a bit streamlined, so for sure it's it's definitely rough. But um, I can definitely see that it's harder going back to like Arena or Daggerfall than going back to Morrowind from Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, it, it each one with a couple exceptions becomes noteworthily more challenging than some of the other ones. But Morrowind, I still feel is kind of the shift point in the series where it's. Even though it's still dated, it started to f you could feel the new direction of the series where everything prior to Morrowind had a different feel to it that kind of all coincided with themselves. But it was the frame was the framework was there, but it definitely isn't what it is today. So, no, that, that totally makes sense to me. I hear you. Um. All right. On that note, Sea Chaser, where did you jump on? I know you're a Skyrim Skyrim guy as well, but yeah. So technically, I started with Blades. Okay. That was oh, mobile All game. Right. All right. Um, I had friends back in like fifth grade who were playing Skyrim. They were t would tell me about it, but I never really got I into heard of it. Any there. jokes and such? I assume. <laughs> um, and then I got the Switch, which I this is the only console I have. So I got Skyrim on that with all the um, DLC. And Interesting. Okay, so Skyrim on Switch is how you also jumped into the series as well. So it's... Yeah. All right. So, all right. That's going to bring me to a different thing. Good. I'm glad everything... And so far, everybody's story is like something that I'm interested in personally here. So... I know you don't have... You don't have mods on the Switch, correct? 
it's Correct. just it's, okay that's fine i don't play with mods so even even though i have access to them so that's i i always like when people at least play through the vanilla version to start with my question to you is does it have all the dlc included as well or is it um yeah it has it has all three dlc okay so it's like the definitive version or whatever it's called yeah. the collect- okay and my so, yeah, question then to you is when you jumped into this um you're obviously going to have access to like all the patches that kind of even things out and everything like that visually i assume it looks pretty good because it'll be one of the newer versions and i know the switch isn't like super super powerful but how are like the load times and stuff like that on a switch Um, switch. it depends on what's being loaded too okay um so like if i have the game shut off Mm -hmm. i turn it on it's like maybe a minute load and then i press a to continue and then it can then that that part there can be a little bit long um so like i'd say like i guess their most loading screens are a little long okay interesting maybe 30 to 45 seconds all right so it sounds like that's almost like mimicking the xbox slat well not the playstation 3 experience originally because that was a mess it's (laughs) not long enough for me to complain or anything like it's Mm -hmm. not it's always like the big loads so like if i was going into a cave or whatever that's not a long load Okay. Going into the house, going into the houses, going into one of my six houses. That's not a long load. (laughs) Uh, All right. Now I've I've been playing the same orc for two. I got it like two years ago, and I've been playing the same character since. So okay. See, all right. That's how I do things. I don't like playing with tons and tons of alts. I try to do like every single thing on my one character. Where some people they get so far and then they restart. I can't do that. Um, I've got my my orc my orc main, and then I do have a secondary one who's a, a female Nord vampire. Okay. Um, that I don't do as often. I've been coming back to the orc. So interesting. All right. So that's now. I guess my other question would be since your two experiences in the series are Blades and Skyrim. Were there any parallels like so if you started with Blades, somebody who I played Blades when it came out and I was like in the beta and all yeah, of that yeah. stuff. I was I was I was in beta too. Yeah. Okay. So I so, didn't I haven't I never really got very far. So yeah, I'll, give you, okay. I'll, tell, I'll tell you that now. All right, fair, fair enough. I was just curious actually, just maybe like from I guess an overview or aesthetic standpoint, since that was kind of where you jumped in, was there anything that that helped with that when you went to Skyrim mattered or did it seem like kind of just like a devoid, like, Oh yeah, it's the same world, I like, guess, or whatever. Um, so it, it, was, it was quite a bit of time between blades and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I personally like the combat a lot more in Skyrim for sure. So I, yeah. So I, <laughs> I can just hack my way through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of a weird time to tax. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I got since I'd only played like mobile games before, Skyrim was my first game on the Switch, and so like it's like, oh, I can walk off the paths. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, everything's very on rails and blades. I mean, it's confined yeah, to what it, it is. So you got yeah. you, you got your path, and you don't really go yeah, you, off the yeah. path. You go from A to B to C, and then you get a complete or you died. Like those are your yeah. options. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Yeah, I just wasn't too sure because that's an in- 
That's actually a really unique one to have jumped onto the series because of. So yeah, starting with Blades, I didn't know anything about the world at all, mm-hmm. and so they're like, oh, there's an empire, cool. Uh, I don't know if they're good or right. evil or what their general consensus. That's you know. kind of why I was interested in that because, like, going to Blades and already having a background in the series, that's fine. Like, because you'd kind of know these things, but like starting with Blades, I'm like, wait, they didn't explain anything in Blades. Like, why yeah. are you even beating up a Thalmor agent in the beginning of the game? Like, they don't. I, they don't... I didn't know what that was. It was just yeah. some guy that had me. All right, I'll beat him up. That sounds fine. That's exa- okay. Cool. That's exactly uh, what I was curious on because it's like without a background of the Thalmor, why would you know that you're murdering this person to begin with? So that's. That is yeah, a very different perspective than I was expecting. I can't, I can't even remember that basic story that they had for Blades to begin with. So it's yeah, it's pretty generic. So awesome, interesting, and we will switch over. Uh, we had a new addition while while we were doing this. Brib, welcome. Why don't you you can introduce yourself and just jump straight into yours? So hey, I'm Bribley, and I'm another four patron or a tier four patron, but. Um, I started with Oblivion, but the reason why I, I brought up this idea in Patreon chat is because I've been listening, I've been trying to catch up on the episode, so I've like just busted out the last three that you and uh, Tom have done, mm-hmm. and I remember also, nice um, scarf, by the way, is that from, did you get that from the Loot Crate? It is from, actually both of these are from the Loot Crate, anybody on the video, my, the back of my chair is uh, decked out in the scarves from the Elder Scrolls That's- Loot Crate. <laughs> Do you wear do you wear your uh, dragonborn stocking hat at all? I've been, tr- I've been trying to get my dog to wear it actually. <laughs> she she like, yeah. she like goes around with it because she thinks she likes actually dressing up, which is weird. This is a super tangent, but it becomes an Elder Scrolls thing when I bring up the. There's this little like hat that you get that looks like the dragonborn helmet, and my dog enjoys i assume it's just she likes getting attention and i've been like trying to balance it on her head but she's really small so it kind of just flops off and then she just plays with it because she thinks it's a toy but i want to get like a picture of her actually wearing it yeah i wanted to wear it in public and my wife is like i will not be seen with you wearing it in public because <laughs> it's a it's a cut out and it's yeah so anyway uh so I started with Oblivion, but I used to play a bunch of um, Might and Magic. And as I've watched you stream Arena, I'm like, man, this looks exactly like Might and Magic. So it's made me want to, even though I started in Oblivion, it's made me really want to go back and play Daggerfall and Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm also very scared. I actually have it on my list of things to do to download Daggerfall. Uh, but also hearing you talk about it makes me very scared about so, what I'm getting into. But it's one of the things that I've uh, that I can definitely recommend because I do think if you have the interest in it, especially because Daggerfall and Arena are free. Uh, here's a weird plug for anybody: uh, it is actually Arena's 27th birthday today. Um, oh, yeah. official. Yeah, I was going to say, Bethesda was tweeting that out earlier. So, happy 27 years, Arena. Uh, it's been rough, and age hasn't treated you well, but <laughs> you gave us what we got now, so that's awesome. Um, Daggerfall and Arena are free pretty much anywhere. 
they should never be it's freeware um universally so as long as you can find a version i know that's on good old games or gog now um um bethesda has a daggerfall launcher on their website i was gonna say and you can get the daggerfall launchers as well um those are a little so they're not bad but that was how i started trying to get them prepped to stream and i actually Mm -hmm. couldn't do it properly solely because it's the original dos files so playing them on new computers you run it through a dos box to get it to run a weird situation i ran into was my computer would run the game so fast i believe it defaulted at like sixteen thousand frames a second so i was i literally couldn't move like if i touched anything the game would like freak out i'd like fly across the world and die so (laughs) the unofficial elder scrolls pages helped me out and sent me a link and they um have downloaders on their site as well that i would recommend yep so i mean no matter where you find it depending on how much you like tinkering around you can definitely get them to work you just gotta expect them to not work right out of the box it takes a little fine tuning it certainly did with me because at first i was like what have i done like i think i broke everything and once I got a couple people a little more tech savvy than myself, help me out with it and forcibly slow them down, they work really like much, much better. So if you can get a pre-configured launcher, like from unofficial Discord's pages or GOG, they do the heavy legwork for you. And the version you get has already been like tuned to work on modern systems without like flying off the rails. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's pretty standard entry story into the series, but but I've really been. I, I mean, I've I've always have a tug to go back and play Elder Scrolls Online just because I feel like there's so much to do. And now with the festivals, whatever's events, I like feel like I need to play. Um, but I've been wanting to go back. I actually started a new character in Oblivion, knowing that Oblivion was um, being launched, or, or you know, Oblivion was being launched in ESO. And then I've been wanting to do Skyrim playthrough again because of Skyrim last year. Now listening to this podcast, I also want to go back and play Daggerfall. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. That's interesting. That's it. Wow. Everybody's got pretty much different jump on points. Even though a lot of us have similar jump on points, they're like very different the way. So mine is just pretty straightforward. I, uh, much like, Kung Fu. I, I, um, I actually had never heard of the series. I didn't really have any clue what it was anyways. And I used to go over and play Halo at uh, my buddy's house after school. And we went over and I had beaten a bunch of the games that he had on his Xbox while we were all hanging out. And one of the games he had was that weird brown box with just the Daedric symbols on the front and the the tribunal thing. And I was just like, what is a Morrowind? And he was like, oh, it's this game I picked up. And it's he's like, I don't think this is really your thing, man. It's it's pretty complicated, like because my go to was um, Madden and Halo and Call of Duty and stuff like that. But I, I decided to pick it up and I tried it and. 
at first I was like, oh, it's in first person, like <laughs> thinking I was going to be like shooting people. And I was like, oh, nope. OK, I have uh, I got a sword and I can't hit anything. This is awkward. And it I don't really know why I kept with it at first, other than the fact that I was really confused as to what was going on. But um, basically, I ended up getting super into the series because I kept going over his house day after day after school, which we did a lot anyways. We just all go over there. But while we were hanging out, I, I kept basically shoving everybody off the Xbox. I was like, nah, nah, I got this. And I would just sit there and I would play Morrowind until we would find something else to do. And uh, I got to level 66 in Morrowind on his Xbox, <laughs> which for anybody who's played Morrowind knows how long that would take. <laughs> um, at which point I was told to get my own Xbox and stop hogging his. So I went and bought an original Xbox, a copy of Halo and Morrowind. Those were the only things I bought just because I wanted to play all over again. And there was no way to really file transfer. You could, you had those like memory block things. And I don't even remember what a block was for a, a unit of measurement on, on an Xbox, but I, I couldn't figure out how to transfer the file even. So I had to restart. And, uh, when I restarted, I had like the background of me screwing everything up over his house. And instead I got like super, super into it. And that was pretty much my go-to game until oblivion came out. And then I, you know, that was number four. So it was like, Oh, I can't wait to see the new one. And that's where I kind of got hooked on the series. Once, once there were two of them that I liked, I was like, Oh, these are, these are amazing. So from that point on, I was just kind of hooked. And recently I've been chugging through some of the old ones. Uh, we had, mentioned arena battle spire i do not recommend uh, it's rough um <laughs> it's also very different same thing with uh red guard don't 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 recommend it unless you like the old tomb raider games on like the original playstation that then you might like it because it's much more that than an open world game but um yeah so the series as a whole became like my thing after a while, but it definitely jumped on from there. Um, so my next, I guess my like, I don't know, discussion topic other than just like where our background is. Are there parts of any of them that you. How can I explain this best? OK, I'll give you an example. Is there anything about any of the games that you've played, doesn't matter which, that You've got your favorite of the series. You've got your first of the series. Is there anything that wouldn't qualify as necessarily being like your favorite game or whatever that you wish you could have like from one of the other games? This could kind of le lean more into like, well, obviously, I wish the combat in Morrowind didn't suck. Like, OK, so I would rather it from one of the new games. My example of this is Although Morrowind's my favorite, hands down, out of the entire series of every game I've played, the Oblivion soundtrack is by far my absolute favorite. Um, I, I love most of the soundtracks through and through, but that one just... There's, like, no tracks that are skippable in that. It, so, to me, even though Oblivion isn't my favorite, I absolutely wish that, like... Like, that's one of the things from a game that I would not consider my favorite. I actually don't even have Oblivion that high on my list of them played. I like it. But, like, that soundtrack to me is unparalleled to the rest of them. So, 
would anybody else have anything that like it's not necessarily your favorite but it's something that really really sticks out from one of the games that you love or whatever following is a public service announcement from the starter set dungeons and dragons podcast this is your D&D campaign. This is the starter set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the starter set podcast. <laughs> So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for Prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Can I... Can I Absolutely, go for it, DJ. I'm in a free spot right now, but... Yeah, no, go for I, it. I haven't played any of the other games, but I've had, uh... Mm-hmm. I played them. But, um... About, like, uh... How Skyrim, they got rid of the, uh... Unarmed... Uh, yeah, skill tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like that in like Skyrim. For, okay. This. That and like they that totally works. Spell, the that's spell actually pretty creation. major in some of the games. <laughs> and like the spell creation from uh, Oblivion, Morrowind. Either of those have like really in-depth spell, rec- yeah, spell creation. Like, yeah, my friends would tell me about spells that you could combine together to yep. unlock all the uh, chests in a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See that that's a perfect yes. example of what I was talking about. So yeah, like the stuff that they didn't get into Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's actually a really good example of like the series not necessarily progressing in a way that's like, oh, you always think bigger and better the way things go along, but actually in terms of what you said with the spellcrafting specifically, the game has actually become much, much more restrictive when it comes to spellcrafting compared to how open-ended it used to be. Cause it used to be off the rails where you could just like do whatever you wanted to the point of completely breaking the game, like five minutes into the game, if you knew what you were doing. Yeah. You know, I just, I just want to make a God. Yeah. That's always my end goal. So I totally hear that. (laughs) Make something absolutely mad. (laughs) Yeah, I have a I have one that's right. actually Morrowind related as well, and I think <laughs> you'll be able to identify with this. If you could take the loot system of Skyrim mm-hmm. and put, or I'm sorry, the loot system of Morrowind and put it in Skyrim, in Skyrim, I think it would be a much better game. And I say that because anyone who's played Morrowind knows that uh, Morrowind was a game that made you paranoid about not checking behind the stairs <laughs> check yeah. behind the stairs check behind every rock because you never know when there could be a unique legendary item uh, <laughs> that just you know make your character a god and, and ring in a tree stump or thing. something <laughs> yeah, yeah in a tree stump Fargoth's ring mm-hmm. um, and so there was so many like places that you might not even you might think okay that's just a static decoration it is not <laughs> it yeah. is something and um there were so many unique items it felt like and maybe this is just my memory coloring things differently than they happened but there were so many items that were written into morrowind that it felt like there were more unique items in morrowind than there were in skyrim and oblivion to some extent it felt like 
the reward for just picking a direction and walking and exploring and seeing what you could find was more rewarding in in, a, in Morrowind. It was rewarding in Oblivion, but then with Skyrim, I don't know what happened. It just kind of felt like, meh. Yeah, it. I will agree with that because it, it definitely does. And I mean, it's some of the... <clears throat> I guess Skyrim is still very, very world-crafted as something that's changed in the series where it was originally much, much more procedurally generated. Hence, for the longest time, Daggerfall was the biggest game. And it's like, well, yeah, all right. But they didn't actually... They, they made an engine that kept just expanding. And except for a few situations, most of it was just being procedurally generated as you would play. Um, and, you know, Skyrim is definitely placed, but there are some things... Morrowind everything you can tell is so meticulously put everywhere that happens a lot in skyrim but there is definitely an ability <clears throat> for that random element uh or not random element but the procedurally generated element of like i cleared out this bandit camp and it has to repopulate after a set period of time by a new set of bandits will come in and it's like yeah you get your cleared marker in morrowind they don't come back they're dead like it is a set population you can technically nuke all of morrowind eventually except for guards who the guards come back because they're supposed to keep trying to arrest you but other than that it's like you can just clear out swaths of the planet uh, <laughs> whereas later games you can but they will eventually repopulate so the idea is the radiant questing um and so that you have something to do Originally, that wasn't so much the goal of the series. It was just like, yeah, here's a thing, and you can play through the thing. So, I hear that. I feel like they... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention how uh, the guards come after you. Yeah, and that becomes uh, impossible to evade if you're playing Mournhold. Yeah, it, it does because you're stuck in the confines of the walls of Mournhold, so you have a lot less room to work with. <laughs> Uh, what were you going to say, Brip? Um, I, I think that the two things that I... Well, okay, so I second your the soundtrack in Oblivion. I love that soundtrack. <laughs> yep. Um, I also... Something about Oblivion that I loved is that because it was centrally, lo centrally located um, in Cyrodiil, then you could literally walk everywhere without a load screen and change like the actual climate or setting that you were in. And... I haven't. Skyrim was kind of all the same. It was all like barren was, white north, and it, it varying was, degrees of snow. Yeah, yeah. And in ESO, you can definitely change your climates, but you have to go through a load screen. It almost feels like a different game, like it, or like a game within I, a game. Yep. I thought that was pretty cool. That that would be cool to bring back. Um, and then I think too, like you can do this with. Skyrim and Oblivion, and it's different because it's an MMO. But I wish that I, I wish that you could make ESO like hard to play on single player. That's so. That's actually a um, a pretty common request, um, so to speak, from people who have been playing for years and years. New players, you know, you won't hear that too, too much. <clears throat> but very quickly as people uh, play, you know, the idea is to onboard so that it's like, okay, you've got your open world, things are accessible, you can do things. Um, and once you start getting a feel for the game, the overall difficulty of overworld 
Cyrodiil or actually not so much Cyrodiil because well any of it overworld Tamriel because just include all of it doesn't matter which zone honestly DLC or not um with the exception of some of the world bosses in some of the uh expansion areas which are more challenging um than base game but even still you know most things can be soloed or completed with small groups with minimal effort and then the difficulty starts coming from your quote-unquote end game activities your vet dungeons your vet trials your pvp stuff like that but like uh, we've actually joked about it on tales of tamriel quite a few times that arc actually has a few issues as much as we love the story to the game and the writing it's hard to take some of the big bad threats seriously when they can barely finish their dialogue before you've obliterated them. So it's like, yes, tell me what a great yeah. necromancer you are as I'm already collecting your loot. It's like that kind of kills some of the vibe on occasion. So I do or, understand what you mean. <laughs> or, or like, I get it's an MMO, so you want a lot of people to play. But like when I'm literally like running past a world boss or like a, an inline... Um, character in a quest and there's like literally 40 people that i've seen just kill him and i'm like well this seems like it breaks lore a little bit it 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 does um there's definitely some conceits that you need need to make because it is an mmo like you said um one of my favorite theories and it's one of the ones i've always like said generally i just go on like you know people argue over like oh well you know in this forum michael kirkbride said this and i'm like look it's it's whatever man like if it's in the game it's in the game i don't care like that's it's fine i'm not too i i love the fact that uh lauren schick the previous lore master and lehman tuttle the current lore master they both say that you know the idea is that this is ambiguous on purpose so that you can make here are the pieces you piece together the story it's hard to find an absolute truth i like that one of my favorite twists to that is during the interregnum which is when elder scrolls online takes place um there's originally there was a lot of this time period was just devoid of information books were burned with the imperial library like we lost all this stuff those events are literally happening in the game currently one of the things that I always love is because things were so dicey around then. We have this weird appearance of dragons that came with uh, elsewhere. Is dragon breaks are your kind of fallback MacGuffin for the series, and they've pieced together some of the like, okay, why are there seven endings in Daggerfall, and they all somehow make sense? It's like, well, it's a dragon break, boom, done. Um, I always loved the concept of this game is most likely part of a dragon break. And each one of our heroes is just one of the threads of time. So it's how we all are simultaneously doing the same thing. We're all happening at the same time. But if you died at this boss, well, that was that person's thread. That's not your thread of time. And in the end, when everything completes, it's all we're currently 18 million confirmed players or whatever in Elder Scrolls Online. That's all 18 million of those timelines kind of mushing together to give us what we get later down in the series i personally just thought that was like a cool idea to like how do you have a multiplayer game where everybody's doing the same thing essentially to save the world the same way but doing it in totally different fashions so that's been always the theory that i kind of just like go with (laughs) 
yeah it is cool to think about and but yeah i do i do wish that the like because what i really want to get um like an immersion experience and like survival and you know i'll load up skyrim with like the frostfall mods and you know it's like i have to camp and if i am in the snow too long i freeze to death like it's a difficult experience yeah and and you just do not get that with ESO. You know, I'm like I'm a very like, different beast. <laughs> I'm like trying to actually pull like 50 because I'm a tank and I have kind of a sustain build because I do a lot of soloing. So I, I literally will just try and pull like 50 people plus a boss and let them all attack me because yeah. it actually makes them all die faster, which right, is just right. absurd. Yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> Yeah, and, I also uh, uh, yeah. play the Frostfall mod, and I, you can ask like any of my friends or my girlfriend. And my my girlfriend's like, "Why do you like this? Like, it looks like pain and suffering. <laughs> yep. Why do you like survival games?" Um, but that's part of what makes it fun. Once you've already done everything there is to do in the game, you're like, "Well, now I want to play on insane difficulty." Yeah, it's that <laughs> so, extra level of tension that keeps you kind of paying it paying attention yeah. to what and you're at doing. Least, otherwise it's autopilot because you've done it. Maybe so I'm times. alone in this, but I want the food to mean something. <laughs> I want the food and the dishes that I can cook and, and like the raw beef that I see everywhere. I want that to matter. So why is it taking up space in my inventory? Oh, because I actually need to eat. <laughs> or yeah. um, I think Fallout 4 had a survival mode where the only way you could save was by sleeping so yes i that's a feature that i miss sleeping to level up mm -hmm. not so much sleeping to save sleeping to save comes with other issues like i have to go oh i can't save my game that's that's problematic but one of the things um that i i do miss and i didn't realize i missed it until the episode i don't know one one of the previous episodes uh we did where we were talking about you know changes from one game to another i miss sleeping the level up i actually like that <laughs> it's actually kind of a neat feature that i kind of wish they would bring back and yeah, uh, yeah messages what's up so um like so the dragonborn right he can drink like his entire inventory of wine and mead and whatever and then he goes and gets drunk with a uh uh daedric prince yes and wakes so, up married to a goat <laughs> yeah so like one thing i liked about witcher 3 is that when you drink the alcohol your screen would get all messed up yes that's does that make sense that's actually but, i'm curious if whenever i don't know we'll we'll give it 20 years we'll get elder scrolls 6 if there's going to be yeah. more of that realistic aspect that they will add to it I'm hoping that Elder Scrolls 6, they bring back the dwarves, personally. Oh, actually have Dwemer? Wow. That would like, be... Like, like, halfway through the game, all of the Dwemer just reappear. It's so fun. And the only thing... I mean, we've got the one living Dwemer that we bump into in Morrowind. Living, quote-unquote, as... It's fine. We will just call him living. He's mostly alive. He's... <laughs> um, and then it's just, like remnants of what we used to be able to see the you know, yeah. hallucinations or uh you know memories and stuff like that and since they're called dwarves but they're not like short necessarily they were just shorter, shorter. than giants they, yeah. so yeah so they get the 
whole thing. It would be interesting just to think about if we got Dwemer back and if they didn't overtly tell you that they were Dwemer, would we know that they were Dwemer? Well, so my idea that I've been thinking about just recently, right? So, like, they have ESO, which has, like, all of Tamriel, which they might be able to fit into one game for Elder Scrolls Six. Mm-hmm. So, like, one Tamriel as one game. Just, like, and the whole so, thing, kind of, like, in the Daggerfall vein of, like, here's the yeah, whole like, map. The whole map. All of Tamriel, all the, the countries, the whatever. They're not really countries, but, you know. Yeah, provinces. <laughs> I mean, like, halfway through the game, like, suddenly all of the Dwenmer ruins have people living in them now. Just, that, I, just there. I'm very curious if they ever address the Dwemer directly again. Because I, mean, I feel like that's a... It's such a topic where everybody wants to know what happened, but at the same time, what happens when that mystery is gone? Because it's That's been so long-standing. <laughs> I, I, I started listening to the podcast because I wanted to know what happened to what the Dwemer specifically, and oh. I wanted to know more, know more about the whole series. <laughs> and then, then I, got, I learned about Aramithius from Tom, and mm-hmm. his first episode is what happened to the Dwemer. There's like, no one really knows. Like, yeah, yep. yeah. It's it's, all, it's it's if we can ever get Todd Howard to spill his guts, he apparently he has said a couple times in interviews that he does know what happened to the Dwemer. It is written and down, he's, he's and he's just one. not saying. <laughs> like, he's the I only one who that. actually knows. Yep. yep. So there's a question. Yeah, Merkmeyer in ESO. I think it's the main quest of Merkmeyer towards the end. Um, and you you have to find all the yellow stones. What are they called? I don't remember. Uh, I know what you're... Yeah, it's the, the fire rock things. I know what you're talking about, but I forget what they're called. The, 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 the item when you throw uh, it, you, the plant like, pulls you to it. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, not that one. Not that one. Oh, you're talking it's, about the, they're like yellow the Varla stone things. They're like Varla, they're yeah. like Varla stones, but yeah. they're not. And right, when whatever you they're go called, them, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when you go through that, you you meet two Aelid elves, and the two Aelid elves are talking about, like, the essence of magic, and, like, mm-hmm. the hist and things, and they allude to a few things, they allude to the Dwimmer, I think, and talking about, like, the Dwimmer's pursuit of, like, magic and knowledge, and how it led to, like, their existence, or, like, their exit of the world or something, and it, yes. it was just a small allusion to it. Uh, but I was like, this is fat. It was just, like, tucked in Merkmire, you know, which gets no good reputation for no reason, but... Um, um, such an underrated expansion. <laughs> so good, so good. Such an underrated expansion. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's actually... They do. They They give you just little bits so that you know that they know about it. But they're just not saying. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Siberia. Do you get anything you want to close out with us as we're getting pretty close to the end? Tom can use his uh, editing magic to clean all this up for us afterwards and uh, edit things down. But yeah, why don't you close us out? Any uh, any other thoughts? Well, yeah. Uh, one thing that I would think would be would improve uh, would improve Skyrim would be to have um, the faction system from Morrowind. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I I would um, love because the the Civil War was pr- 
pretty superficial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fa- I mean, it, it at least didn't let you join both. But to your point, like Morrowind, it's like if you joined House Delvani, House Redoran wasn't talking to you like that. None of that. Like same thing with a lot. So like making your choice and having it stand like that, I think would be awesome because it gives your choices weight, even if it's not huge story weight. It's just cutting off something else you can do that. That's that would carry a lot of weight to it. Yeah. And also that that you need to be pro- proficient in the skills that uh, the faction requires. For example, in Skyrim, you can complete the entire College of Winter without casting a single spell. Yes. <laughs> you but, just have that one wind. thing on the bridge where you're like, look, I can make sparks. Okay, well, I'm your new headmaster. <laughs> you you also need to do it when you first get into the uh, classroom. You have to cast yeah, the warding spell. You've got the one, war- they give you the ability yeah. to learn warding, and then it's like, look, I can make a shield. It's like, you did it congratulations yeah yeah but I think- you can't do the uh fighters guild and thieves guild i think it is in more yeah, I mean, fighters guild and is Sunday. that what it was i know i know you had you had limitation with the morag tong didn't you as well i think there was something didn't somebody not want to work with you if you were a morag tong assassin the uh, some of the final writs of assassination in the Morag Tong are the headmasters. Spoiler alert! Um, oh, that's what it was. Year old spoiler alert. Yeah. are the headmasters of the Fighters Guild of Thieves. The, that's what it, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, I feel like you needed to do something that made somebody very unhappy. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember from uh, the quest. Uh, in the fire skill where, where you have to kill all the different thief skill leaders but yep. when I killed uh, ooh, what, what, what was his name uh, the head of the thief skill in the back <sighs> oh, gentleman Jim Stacy wasn't it yeah yeah there you go yeah yep. yeah I remember doing that quest and then when looting I was like what is this item and it was just the skeleton key and I was like Whoa, wait <laughs> I, I just have this now and can use it however I want. That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, that's a really good point because to both of those, like I like the idea of the conflict thing. That sounds really cool. And I don't get too hung up on like weird inconsistencies because they are games. But one thing that does kind of like seem oddly out of place to your point is like sometimes like you will be able to garner a lot of attention in a guild you get promoted you're all ranked up and it's like getting promoted in the mages guild in oblivion is work like (laughs) you had to get approval from each of the different uh the the different sections for like in the different towns and it's like oh i need you to run me these fetch quests because you don't matter in this guild like you you know i'm not going to just vouch for you and i don't even know if you can make a potion yet and yeah, exactly to your point. It's like you walk up to the College of Winterhold, you do something on the bridge, and I actually even forgot about the warding spell. It's like, okay, boom. you get. In the end, it's like, yeah, you're leading that whole section. And it's, that's, you, you kind of worked for some of your old ones back in the day. So the Thieves Guild in um, Skyrim, you basically trip over them. For them being thieves, they really like are... I always used to joke that they're not so much the Thieves Guild in Riften, they're the Thugs Guild, because it was pickpocket this, or, you know, you need to get this money back from this person. 
okay, cool. So I'm going to go in and steal it. Yeah. Or just mess up their shop. And I'm like, okay, well that's not exactly. I mean, I'm not a sneak thief, but I was like, I go in, grab the guy's, you know, potted plant and throw it against the wall. I'm like, okay, I'm not exactly, uh, thieving very much i'm just shaking this dude down i feel like the mafia more than anything else in this game so that's that's very interesting yeah i i I definitely hope they actually focus on that too now now that you say it there's there's not an element of like you can fail you just continue to try and try again even if it requires brute force and it would be nice to see and like quest failed i just can't do it anymore yes that is yes they there are not a lot of failure states in the new games um which to an extent i do like but when the game saves consistently it doesn't bother me too much because then it's like it's fine whatever but like the fact in morrowind it's just like i'm gonna rob and murder this person okay well that person can't give you this quest line that you needed to progress it's a little obvious when you try to club somebody in one of the newer games and it's like, so-and-so is unconscious. It's like, well, you're important. I'll need to just drag you over to this building and I'll come back to you later. It's like, that's a very different situation than in Morrowind. Um, I guess we're pretty close to the end. Any final thoughts from anybody or are we good? I'll just message Tom in the background while we do this since he has supreme power of his own channel, I hope. Otherwise, things are going to get dicey while I try to figure it out and nobody wants that. So, uh, yeah, any any final thoughts from anybody? This is uh, this has been great. I, I enjoyed this. Um, I've heard that a lot of people want to get like the uh, Skyrim sort of textures on like the older games. Oh, yes. And there's, like, mod packs for that or whatever, but uh, just to make it feel better, look at something nicer than those older textures. Um, yeah, we've got, well, what is it? There's the Sky Wind and Sky Blivian um, mini project mod things that, if you've ever seen anything on them, are exactly what you're talking about is like upgrading like the textures and everything like that into the Skyrim engine. And they are truly a labor of love because they look amazing, but they're done entirely by like volunteer work and stuff from like the community. Uh, Cause obviously it's not like a sanctioned product from Bethesda. And although Bethesda, I do know has, if, if I remember correctly, they even provided them source code because they were so impressed with it. So they were trying to like help their project along if they wanted it. And yeah, just from, I mean, they're still a long ways off, but good Lord, they look beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to comment on that a little bit and just issue an enormous thank you to Bethesda for being the coolest company out there that that embraces the modding community. Uh, As far as I know, they are the most supportive big studio of modding, and they always have been. They have, and Um, their controversy is a little weird because sometimes they've charged for stuff, and they're, I mean, surprised they're still a company, so they don't want to not make money. But, um, yeah, any interaction I've had with them, um, they've been nothing but nice to me personally. Um, I Honestly, once uh, all this, like, madness of the uh, world health... (laughs) 
being back to normal so that we can, you know, actually have events and stuff again. I'm hoping that they continue with some of the big events that they had been doing for the previous years. I mean, there's QuakeCon, which is fun and stuff like that, but just their presence at other events with, uh, you know, a lot of it's Elder Scrolls online related just because the community there is all over the place, but like their appearance at PAX East and all these things, Gamescom, it's, it really always strikes me and it's not just elder scrolls although you know this is an elder they've done it with fallout they do it with doom i've been to a decent amount of these and they're just it seems like the staff is having as much fun as the people there which is i don't have a a large because you know i don't work in the industry this is just a hobby but like that is not something i tend to see from a lot of other things where it's just like I know people on staff want to specifically like they'll sign up so they can travel to one of these events. It's like that. How often is a work thing like, oh, you've got a work trip and people are arguing over who gets to go, not why do I have to go? So it's like they, I don't know, very much in that vein. Bethesda seems like a pretty unique company, at least from somebody who doesn't work there, just even on the simple fact of the video game industry and all of that is very fluid. You a lot of times see people, well, I was at this company and then I went to this company and then I was at this project and I was at this project. And if you ever look at some of the staff pictures from Bethesda, some of the same people who (laughs) were there originally, Pete Hines, Todd Howard, stuff, they're still there after 20 plus years. Even some of the staff that I uh, am, you know, in contact with at ZeniMax Online, um, the creative director, Rich Lambert, one of his first projects was Oblivion. That's his baby. And He's now the creative, I believe his official title is creative director of Elder Scrolls Online. That is a big gap in time that he is still working there. And surprise, surprise, the newest season in Elder Scrolls Online is the Gates of Oblivion, where he gets to basically give a nod back to the region that he was a a, a part of back with Elder Scrolls 4. That's crazy to think about in this industry because. Everybody is so transient, whether or not they want to be just because new opportunities show up. Obviously, people aren't exactly clamoring to leave Bethesda too often. So that, at least from a, a, I don't know, consumer standpoint, makes me kind of happy. Like, okay, well, at least I'm supporting a company that people seem to like working there. So that doesn't make me feel like crap, like some other companies that I actually don't buy their games because I'm like, oh, you're so awful to your employees. I feel bad if I buy this. Like. I do have something I want to say to Tom, but I don't know if he's listening right now. I was going to say, I pinged him, but I mean, he'll have to edit this anyway, so he will. He'll have to edit anyway. So <laughs> Exactly. When he, when he was talking about the uh, leaders of the um, uh, factions in ESO, yes. uh, he was yes. talking about the um, Scald King. Oh, Urine, his name is. yes. Um, and how, was it Urine who had the uh, shout that would summon a hero from... Oh, uh, Yes, in the in the coding to the thing. Like, uh, ye- so yes, I believe so. Tom Tom was talking, and he wasn't 
he didn't think that that was a shout in Skyrim. And I wasn't a patron at the time, so I did email him, but he never. I don't think he ever saw it. But there is the Call of Valor shout in Skyrim that you can I summon like three. I remember this now. You can summon three different heroes from um, Sovngarde. Now that you're saying that, I feel like I remember this. Yeah, so you can. So it's the uh, three that you fight, you, that you defeat Alduin with. You can summon each each one of those depending on how long you do the shout. Yep, I actually just looked it up. This is exactly what I was thinking of. Yep, I actually do remember this now. Thank you, everybody who's hung out with us. Uh, this has been a great episode. I appreciate all of you guys uh, joining me for this uh, in lieu of Tom being here. Why don't we go through uh, some goodbye plugs? Why don't we start with you, Kangaroo? That's sure. Why. So um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we are still doing the uh, Mass Effect lore cast on Sundays, uh, 1030 p.m. Eastern, and that is following the cyberpunk lore cast. Would love it if uh, some of you guys stopped by Mass Effect. If you haven't tried it, it is a great game. I'm the biggest fan of it. So if you'd like to see what Mass Effect is about, I'm going to be streaming that tomorrow. Uh, I had to cancel a stream earlier this week because of uh, looking for a new job. But I am going to be streaming that tomorrow uh, at 6 p.m. Central. That's 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and I'd love it if you stopped by. Just give me a little, uh, dropped a little line in chat. I'd love to see you guys. Um, my Xbox is KF Space Kangaroo. And uh, you can just follow me on Twitch here. All right. And why don't we go with Sea uh, Chaster? Got anything of interest before we go that you'd like to shout out? Um, can I shout out an app that I have no part in creating that I would. I've been following the creator on it for a while now, and he. If it's something it you support, I, why not? You can use um, that as your own so, plug, even if you didn't do it. <laughs> if that's what yeah, you so, want. I am a massive car guy, and I've been following this guy. He created like his like a dating app for um, car people for racing. Um, so it's called Boost Blue, and if you're a car person, you can uh, just go download it, uh, go support him. But there yeah. you go, <laughs> that uh, works. I was gonna say it's your segment part, so go for yeah, it. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Also, come up and visit Alaska sometime once we're all free. I would recommend it. It's very nice out. Not right now, but like <laughs> summertime. Come visit me. Um, yeah, so see y'all next month, I guess. Oh, yeah. my birthday's my birthday's next uh, Wednesday. I'm turning 20. Oh, so. well, happy early birthday since we won't be live yeah. then and we are live now. So happy early birthday. <laughs> yeah, so that's big 20 for me yep um bribs mike crapped out so siberia anything you want to shout out for yourself well not really just one thing i would like to tell the listeners is sure. to if you if you haven't tried playing the older games i definitely suggest doing that i second that totally <laughs> absolutely it's they're they're they can be rough, but if it's something you're interested in, they can still be fun. And as long as you don't go soup, maybe like slowly go back, like kind of your approach. 
you went back a game you went back one more game that's probably a better way to do it than jumping like oh i like skyrim i'll play arena maybe too much of a jump maybe scale it back a little at a time (laughs) yeah yeah going back one game at a time is definitely the the best approach Mm -hmm. but all right well i definitely second that um and yeah like i said brib uh can't get his mic going so as for me uh i'm lotus of doom on twitter twitch uh discord i guess even though i don't check that as much as i probably should um I've been streaming the old Elder Scrolls games uh, in no particular order, and uh, people do seem to enjoy if they have an interest in them, especially the much older games that are not quite as easy to run. Um, So if you are interested in them, and even if you want to try them yourself and are curious how they work, you're more than welcome to swing by Lotus of Doom on Twitch. Um, I wish I could give you a better schedule, but it's kind of when I'm not at work or doing something else. (laughs) So that's the best I can do. But um, yeah, I on that note, they are definitely worth playing. So if you want to get a baseline to them, you're more than welcome to swing by with us and uh, check it out and then maybe try them out for yourselves. Otherwise, um, yeah, uh, you can check out the other podcast that I'm part of, Tales of Tamriel, over at Dungeon Crawler Network. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much the gist of us. And yeah, I think Tom is back so he can power us down and have fun editing this last little bit. We gave you some work, Tom. So (laughs) bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you, you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story, 
Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now.